the Buddha's teaching on the difficulty in repaying the deep kindness of parents, Filial Piety Sutra. At one time, the Buddha was at the Jetta Grove in Shavasti, together with 2,500 bhikshus and 38,000 bodhisattvas mahasavas. One day, the Buddha, together with his disciples, walked to the southern part of the city. Suddenly, they came upon a pile of bones by the roadside. Immediately, the world-honored one bowed down to make obedience to the bones respectfully. When his disciples saw that, they were puzzled. Why did the world-honored one bow to the bones? Venerable Ananda put his palms together and asked the Buddha, World-honored one, you are the great teacher of the three realms. You are the kind father of all sentient beings. You are greatly revered by the people in the world, and you are held in high esteem by us. Please tell us the reason for making obedience to this pile of bones. What are the causes and conditions behind it? The Buddha told Ananda compassionately, Good question indeed, Ananda. All of you are my foremost disciples and have been cultivating for a long time, but there are things which you may not understand yet. This pile of bones could have been the bones of our ancestors, or they might have been the bones of our parents from many past lives. How can a man not pay respect to his parents? That is why I bowed respectfully to them. The Buddha continued to say, Ananda, now you can divide the bones into two parts. If the bones belonged to a man, they would be white and heavy. But if they belonged to a woman, they would be dark and weigh less. Venerable Ananda then asked the Buddha, World-honored one, this is what I cannot understand. In this world, a man is dressed differently from a woman. He adorns himself with robes, belts, shoes, hats, and other fine attire so that we can identify him as a male at a glance. A woman who adorn her body with powder, cosmetics, and perfume. Just by looking at her dressing, we know that she is a lady. But when they are dead, only the bones remain. There is not much difference in those bones. How can we differentiate them? The Buddha said seriously, if a man always goes to the temple to listen to explanations of the sutras and precepts, makes obedience respectfully to the triple gem, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, and recites the Buddha's name diligently, upon his death he will have bones which are as white as jade and are heavy 
As for a woman, if she were to be immersed in love and emotions while she was alive, did not listen to the sutras, or make obedience respectfully to the Buddha, and felt that her sole duty was to give birth, nurture children, and breastfeed them. How could she not get weak, thin, and haggard because the milk was transformed from her blood? Besides, every child needs more than eight stones of milk for its growth. That is why after her death, her bones are darker and lighter. When Ananda heard that, he felt such great pain in his heart, just as though he was being stabbed with a knife. He cried sorrowfully and asked, World honored one, how can I repay the virtuous kindness of my mother? The Buddha told Ananda, Listen carefully, a pregnant woman has to endure ten months of suffering. During the first month of pregnancy, the life of a fetus is as precarious as a dewdrop on the grass, which has condensed at dawn and might disappear by midday. During the second month, the embryo congeals like a piece of curd. During the third month, it is like a piece of coagulated blood. During the fourth month, the fetus gradually assumes a slightly human form. During the fifth month, the vital organs such as the head, two hands, and two legs are formed. During the sixth month, the essence of the six senses are developed. They are the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind. During the seventh month, the 360 bones and joints are formed. Besides, the eight 4,000 hair pores are formed. During the eighth month, the brain is almost fully formed and is endowed with mind consciousness and knowing faculty. After that, the nine apertures on the body are open. They are the two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, a mouth, the anus, and a urethra. When the fetus is nine months old, it often kicks and struggles in the womb, just like the vibration of Mount Sumeru. The mother can seldom get a good sleep, neither can she eat properly. From the first moment when the fetus comes into being, until the moment it is born into the world, it gets its nutrients by feeding on its mother's blood. On reaching the tenth month, all the vital organs are fully developed. The fetus is ready to be born. After carrying the fetus for ten months, the mother has undergone immense suffering. In order to ease the birth of her baby, the mother's blood flows out like a river. In a smooth delivery, the baby will flow along with the blood and emerge with the four limbs curling inwards and its head facing downwards without causing any injury to its mother. 
put in a difficult delivery. The baby will kick and struggle its way out and hence causing great pain to its mother. It is as if the mother's body is cut by a thousand knives and the heart is pierced by 10,000 arrows. The mother's agony is really appalling. As children, we should never forget the suffering our mother went through when she gave birth to us. Otherwise, we will be worse than animals. Our kind mother has endured immense suffering during the process of delivery. If we were to go into details, there were at least 10 types of deep kindness which were bestowed upon us by her. The first type is the kindness of caring for and protecting the fetus in the womb in every possible way. The second type is the kindness of enduring extreme pain during the delivery. The third type is the kindness of forgetting all her sufferings and worries after the delivery. The fourth type is the kindness of feeding her child with all delicacies. The fifth type is the kindness of letting her child sleep well in dry and warm conditions while she endures wet and cold conditions. The sixth type is the kindness of breastfeeding her child to ensure that he is healthy without thinking of her own well-being. The seventh type is the kindness of washing away the filth of the child without a care for her hands which get dirty or for her skin and flesh which get split by contact with cold water. The eighth type is the kindness of always thinking of her child who has to travel afar. She is always looking forward anxiously to the homecoming of the child and always thinking of the child tearfully. The ninth type is the kindness of being willing to undergo suffering on behalf of her child as she loves him dearly. The tenth type of kindness is her everlasting love and affection for her child. The first verse of praise on the virtuous of kindness of protecting the fetus. It is very difficult to be born as human. We are able to attain a human form only after many rounds of rebirth from many kalpas. Besides, we also must have close affinity with our present parents who provide the suitable conditions for us to come to this world. At around the fifth month, the vital internal organs of the fetus are developed gradually. At the beginning of the sixth month, the six senses, eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind are developed. The weight of the fetus increases daily. The mother feels as though she's carrying a lofty mountain. The fetus kicks and moves about in the womb. The mother is never at ease 
as she feels as though she is undergoing the fury of earthquakes and windstorms. The mother always worries about her child as she is very tired she seldom cares to dress up. All her fine clothes and mirrors are put aside. The second verse of praise on the deep kindness of enduring suffering on the verge of delivery. After carrying the fetus for the full 10 months, she is going to deliver the child. Every morning, the mother feels as though she is seriously sick. She feels sluggish and drowsy. Her worries and fears are indescribable. She gets very anxious about the baby and cries whenever she thinks about the safety of the baby. She will tell her relatives and friends sadly, I am not worried about myself. I am just worried that the death will befall my baby. The third verse of praise on the kindness in forgetting her suffering after the delivery as she has exhausted her energy in delivering the child. She feels as if all her internal organs are being torn apart. She struggles painfully and many a time she falls unconscious. For the sake of her child, her blood flows out profusely, just like when a sheep is being slaughtered. After surviving such an agonizing experience on awakening, her first thought is to inquire after her child. When she knows that her child is safe and sound, she is full of joy, holds him tightly in her embrace, and smiles with relief. But her joy does not last long as she is again afflicted by unbearable pain. Previously, she has forgotten her pain and her joy over the newborn baby but now she has to endure the agony of a painful body again. The fourth verse of praise on the kindness of swallowing the bitter taste while giving the delicacies. The kindness of parents is deeper than the sea. With unbounded love and concern, they take care of their children throughout the day and night. Parents love for their children is indescribable. They will never be displeased with their children. Parents are comforted when their children are warm, full, and happy. They do not mind enduring the sufferings of hunger and cold themselves. The fifth verse of praise on the virtuous kindness of shifting her child to a dry and comfortable position while she remains at the wet spot. The loving mother takes meticulous care of her child. At night, when the child wets the bed, the mother will quickly move the child to a dry place while she remains at the cold and wet position without any grumbles. 
As long as her child can sleep in comfort, she does not mind her own discomfort. She breastfeeds her children and brings them warmth and help. Her embrace is the sagely refuge for her children. She will cover them with her sleeves so that they will be protected from the cold. Parents take good care of their children, hoping that they will grow up happily and healthily. Many a time the mother cannot eat well or sleep well in her anxiety over her children. The sixth verse of praise on the deep kindness in breastfeeding and nurturing the child. The kind mother resembles the great earth which supports and nurtures the myriad forms of life. The stern father resembles the vast sky which protects and nurtures all living beings under its shelter. The father's love for his children is the same as the mother's. The virtuous kindness of all parents is the same. As long as you are their child, they will never dislike you, no matter how ugly you may be. And they will never get angry or be disgusted with you, even if you are physically deformed or crippled. On the contrary, they will love you more and give you extra care because you are their beloved child. The kindness of our parents is indeed very great. The seventh verse of praise on the loving kindness of washing away the filth. Mother was once a beautiful lady with a well-adorned body and a pretty face which was comparable to a cotton rose hibiscus. She was vibrant with energy and healthy. Her eyebrows resembled the young and fresh willows. Her rosy complexion glowed with youthful vigor. However, for the sake of her children, she so overworked herself that her beautiful looks were lost and she became old and haggard. Her hands, which were originally smooth and soft, are now rough and covered with wounds and cuts due to too much washing for her children. The kind mother is indeed a pitiful yet respectable lady. For the sake of taking care of her children, she sacrifices her precious youth unconditionally in exchange for a tired and haggard look. The eighth verse of praise on the deep kindness of thinking of her child who has to travel afar. It is indeed unbearable to lose our loved ones in the event of death. It is so unbearable to be separated from the child who has to travel afar. The mother is sad as she is separated from the child 
by great distances. Day and night, the parents always think of their child. They pray to the Buddha and Bodhisattva to protect the child, hoping that the child will come back safely as soon as possible. Some children just leave their homes for many years without sending any messages to their parents. The old parents are drowned in tears day and night, looking forward earnestly to the return of the child. Just like the old and heartbroken ape in a jungle that has lost his young, their wailing is indeed sorrowful and unbearable. The ninth verse of praise on the deep kindness of understanding and sympathizing with their children. It is indeed difficult to repay even one part out of 10,000 parts of the deep kindness of our parents. Just as the saying goes, it is impossible for a fine strand of grass to repay the benefits it receives from the sunlight in three springs when a child has to undergo hardships and sufferings, the kind mother will pray throughout the day and night, wishing that she can undergo the sufferings on behalf of the child. She only hopes to take upon herself the hardships and sufferings of her child. A mother's love is truly very great. When a child has to go on a journey, the kind mother's thoughts are always with the child, worried that the child may not be able to endure the cold weather. When a child has to go on a journey, the kind mother's thoughts are always with the child, worried that the child may not be able to endure the cold weather. The tenth verse of praise on the deep kindness of showering immense concern over her children. The loving kindness of parents resembles the brilliance of the sun and moon which shines on all corners of the earth. In the passing of every moment the parents are always thinking of their children. Such kindness is indeed very deep. Their thoughts are always with their children, whether they are staying with the parents or away from home. Even if the parents are a hundred years old, they would still be concerned over their 80-year-old child. If we were to say that there must come a time when they could love us no more, then it must be only when they were no longer in this world. After expounding on the ten types of great virtuous kindness of our parents, the Buddha told Ananda, by contemplating the myriad of sentient beings,
the Buddha continued, I found that some are born with wisdom, but others are dull and ignorant. He said, they are disrespectful and unfilial towards their parents. These defiant children are ungrateful as they do not think of the deep kindness of their parents. It is indeed very sad to witness this. As you all know, when our mother is carrying the baby for 10 months, it is as though she is carrying a heavy burden. She cannot sit or stand at ease. Neither can she eat or sleep properly. She looks very tired, as if she has been sick for a long time. When the baby is due for delivery, the mother must endure very intense pain with blood flowing out profusely. In the process of giving birth, she falls unconscious many a time because of the acute pain. It is only after she has gone through innumerable suffering that the child is born. Yet, on top of everything, she is still very worried about the safety of the child. She will only be at peace when she knows that the child has been born safely. She will always carry him with her wherever she goes. She will breastfeed her child until her legs and hands are very tired, yet her heart is very joyful. Moreover, she has to wash the child's dirty clothing. When the child wets the bed, the mother will sleep on a wet spot while she moves the child to a dry and clean position. She does this without any complaints. For three years, the child feeds on a mother's milk, which is transformed from her blood. The mother gets so thin and weak by providing the child with nutrients. Parents spend lots of time and painstaking effort to nurture their children from the time they are born through the periods of childhood and youth to adulthood. They instruct their children in the ways of propriety, righteousness, and virtuous conduct. When the children become adults, the parents will be busy preparing them for their marriage, besides providing them with the necessities and money to establish their careers. Parents only hope that the children will quickly settle down and establish their own families and careers. For the sake of their children, they do not mind enduring all hardship. Parents will never expect their children to repay their kindness, neither will they mention it. If the child were to fall sick, the parents would be so worried 
that they felt as if their hearts were burnt by fire. Very often, they would also fall sick due to their anxiety over their child. It is only when the child becomes healthy again that the parents gradually become less anxious. Parents go through all sorts of hardships in nurturing their children and only wish to see them mature into adults. But some children become unfilial when they are grown up and do not take care of their parents. They just ignore their mother's advice or talk back rudely. They stare angrily at their parents as if they were looking at their enemies. It is indeed distressing to witness these unfilial children bullying their elders, hitting and scolding their brothers with no regard for the family ties or the social etiquette. They have attended school, but they do not follow the teacher's instructions. They ignore the advice of their parents and brothers and go against them in defiance. These arrogant and impolite children do not greet or bid farewell to their parents when they go in and out of the home. They act according to their own decisions without seeking their parents' advice, as the elders always find excuses to forgive them for being young and ignorant. They are easily let off. Later, they become even worse and are terribly ruthless and cruel. Not only do they not listen to advice, they develop a hostile mentality. Finally, they leave their relatives and wholesome friends to seek the company of evil people. With time, they also adopt unwholesome habits. They become so deluded that they cannot differentiate the good from the bad and hence bring great harm upon themselves. Once they are lured by their bad friends and evil people, they will just abandon their parents and homes to stay in other places. Some may make a living by doing business or other jobs there. As the years pass by, they accomplish nothing but instead become old and sorrowful. Some will just settle down and get married there without going home even when they are old. They could not care less about their roots and origins. There are some even more unfortunate people who stray away from home and make friends with evil people. As they are not cautious enough, they are framed and harmed. Or they may consort with evildoers and get involved in outrageous crimes which will eventually land them in jail. Some are sentenced to a heavy penalty and die in the jail. Others may be afflicted by illness, mishaps, and poverty. They are in such a sorry plight that people just look down on them and no one takes care of them. Their diseases become beyond cure. They die and rot by the roadside.
exposed to the sun and rain, their corpses decay, leaving behind the bones and this place away from home. They are then forever separated from relatives and families and let their parents down. These unfilial children feel that all is over after their death. They will never realize that their parents have been constantly worrying and thinking about them day and night since they left home. The parents look forward eagerly to the return of their child. They are so anxious that they feel as though their hearts are burnt by fire and the livers and intestines are severed. They become blind as they have been crying too much in their longing for their child. Some parents contract asthma as a result of excessive crying while others neglect their business because they are always thinking about their children. The state of the family deteriorates day by day. Some may pass away in sickness and with resentment. Even if they were to become ghosts, they would still be attached deeply to their children and constantly thinking of their children. Mother's love is indeed very great. Some children are slack in their studies. On top of that, they are often in the company of bad friends and follow unorthodox deviant teachings. They act like rascals and bully the good. They create havoc wherever they go. They drink excessively, gamble, and go against the laws. Even their brothers get implicated. Such conduct brings great misery to their parents. They leave their home early in the morning and loiter outside. By the time they reach home, it is already midnight. They will never greet their parents or inquire after their well-being. The lonely parents are left feeling that life is empty and meaningless. They do not support or take care of their parents. The parents grow old, haggard, and feeble, yet they are still burdened by these unfilial children. By right, the father or mother who is widowed should receive extra care and attention from their children. But in reality, many children just leave them aside to suffer cold and hunger. They do not inquire after the well-being of their parents. The sad parents weep in silence secretly and can only blame themselves for their unfortunate circumstances. By right, children should take good care of parents, but the unfilial children do not bother to take upon themselves this responsibility. Their parents are greatly humiliated and fear being ridiculed by others. Very often, we can see a son who works hard so as to support his wife and children. He spares no pains to please his wife. 
yet he treats his parents coldly like strangers. He always listens to his wife's advice and will do everything to satisfy her wishes. While he refuses to listen to the advice of his parents, sometimes he will argue with them, totally lacking in respect for the elders. This really hurts the parents' feelings deeply. Some daughters are quite filial before their marriage, but after that they become unfilial. They become resentful when their parents give them some comments. They have deep affection for their husbands and children, but become gradually estranged from their parents. This really grieves their parents. Some daughters may move to reside in another place with their husbands, away from their homes and parents. They simply forget their parents and do not think of their parents at all. They act as if the family ties are severed. Day and night, the parents long for their daughters to come back. They cannot eat and sleep in peace. They are so grief-stricken that it is as though they are being hung upside down. Parents are always thinking of their children. The immense kindness of parents is truly vast and boundless. Their love is limitless and indescribable. Even if the unfilial children were to repent before a deity, it is still impossible for them to be free from the negative effects of their unfilial actions. After listening to the Buddha's exposition on the deep virtuous kindness of parents, the multitude of virtuous ones were extremely sad. Some prostrated themselves in deep respect. Some were very remorseful and beat their chest. Blood flowed out from their bare pores and they fell unconscious as they were grief-stricken. Later, they woke up. They all cried loudly. It is really painful. It is truly sorrowful. Unfilial children really cause so much sorrow for their parents. After considering our past conduct, we now know that we have committed heavy negative karma. Just like the night-traveling spirits, we wander everywhere in total darkness. We live like the drunkards or dreamers who are befuddled and cannot think properly, for we never realize how deep our wrongdoings are. Now, upon hearing the Buddhist teaching, we are like people who have disawakened from a dream. We deeply regret our past misconduct. When we think of our unfilial and inhumane behavior, we feel as though our internal organs are ablaze. May the compassionate world-honored one have pity on our ignorance. Please grant us a chance to make amends. Please tell us how to repay the deep kindness of our parents by using eight analogies to illustrate the wondrous Dharma the Buddha taught his disciples. As you wish to know how to repay the deep virtuous kindness of parents, I will explain it to you now. If there were a man who carried his father on his left shoulder and his mother on his right shoulder and circumambulated Mount Sumeru, 
with his skin being torn and his flesh being cut because of their weight, with his bone marrow being cut through and blood flowing down to his ankles. And he continued to do this throughout hundreds of thousands of kalpas, and he would endure it without a complaint, yet he would still be unable to repay the deep kindness of his parents. And there were a man who during a famine had cut off all his flesh and minced it finely to feed his parents so that they would not be hungry after practicing such filial piety for hundreds of thousands of kalpas he would still be unable to repay the deep kindness of his parents and there were a man who for the sake of his parents had used a sharp knife to cut out his heart with blood flowing profusely and he was not afraid of all the suffering and he continued to do this throughout hundreds of thousands of kalpas he would still be unable to repay the deep kindness of his parents if there were a man who for the sake of his parents had to endure the pain of hundreds of thousands of sharp knives piercing through his body throughout hundreds of thousands of kalpas he would still be unable to repay the deep kindness of his parents. If there were a man who, of the sake of seeking peace of mind and longevity for his parents, had lighted his body as an offering of lights before the Buddha throughout hundreds of thousands of kalpas, he would still be unable to repay the deep kindness of his parents. If there were a man who, for the sake of repaying the kindness of his parents and enduring toils and hardships and bringing him up, had to be boiled and burnt with his bones broken and his marrow extruded throughout tens of thousands of millions of kalpas, he would still be unable to repay the deep kindness of his parents. If there were a man who, for the sake of fulfilling his responsibility as a son, took upon himself the effects of his parents' negative karmas and had to swallow red-hot iron pellets such that his body was burnt and injured badly. And he continued to do this throughout hundreds of thousands of kalpas. He would still be unable to repay the deep kindness of his parents. After listening to the Buddha's exposition on various deep kindness of parents, Everyone was indeed very sad and tearful. They could only cry, but could not think of how to repay the deep kindness of parents. They were truly ashamed. Together, they sought the Buddha's advice. World honored one, we have indeed done wrong, but we still do not know how to repay the deep kindness of parents. When the Buddha saw that they were genuinely remorseful, he told them, if you wish to repay the virtuous kindness of your parents, the Buddha said, write out this sutra, repent all past wrongdoings and make offerings sincerely to the triple gem. The Buddha continued, observe the pure precept, practice the wholesome dharma and generosity. Then you are a genuine filial child. Otherwise, you are just a hell being. The Buddha then continued to tell Venerable Ananda and the rest, people who are unfilial will definitely fall into the great avici hell when they die.
the length and width of this hell are 80,000 yotanas. It is surrounded by iron walls and covered with iron netting so that the hell beings cannot escape. The whole hell is ablaze with thunder roars and bright bolts of lightning which set things aflame. Molten brass and iron fluids are poured onto the hell beings' bodies. Brass dogs and iron snakes chase after the hell beings and devour them. The suffering is acute and unbearable as everyone is burnt to ashes. Moreover, there are countless hooks and sharp spears in the air. The ground is covered with axes, hammers, spears, hills of knives, tress of swords, and other instruments of torture. At any time, they will aim accurately at the hell beings so that the hell beings will be chopped, hacked, or stabbed to death. There is no end to such countless acute sufferings for the hell beings. After they have undergone such punishment, they will then be sent to other hells. They have to endure the torture of their bodies being rolled over by the iron wheels. The wheels travel to and fro until their guts are ruptured, their bones are broken, their skins are torn, and their flesh is squashed. Within a day, they have to endure suffering akin to dying 10 million times. These hell beings have to endure such torture and acute sufferings because in their previous lives they have committed the grave offenses of being unfilial and rebellious. After listening to the Buddha's exposition, everyone was very ashamed and remorseful. They cried sorrowfully and implored Buddha, What must we do to repay the deep kindness of parents? The Buddha answered, If you wish to repay the virtuous kindness of your parents, the best way is to print this sutra and circulate it widely. If you can make a contribution to print one copy, you will obtain the merits and virtues to see a Buddha. If you can print ten copies, you will be able to see ten Buddhas. If you can print a hundred, a thousand, or ten thousand copies, you will get to see a hundred a thousand or ten thousand Buddhas. The Buddhas will always protect those who have made contributions to print the Sutra for the benefit of sentient beings. By the power of the Buddhas, the donors and their parents will be born in the heavens and will never fall onto the hells to undergo sufferings. After listening to the Buddha's teaching, Venerable Ananda and the multitude including the heavenly dragons and the Eightfold Division, the will-turning kings and others were very sorrowful. They were ashamed of themselves. They repented sincerely before the Buddha from now onwards until the infinite future throughout 10 million kalpas. We would rather have our bodies crushed into fine dust then go against the sagely teaching of the thus come one. We would firmly uphold the teaching. 
We would rather have our tongues plucked out and plowed with an iron plow so that the blood would flow out profusely like a river. And we vow that even after hundreds of thousands of kalpas, we would not go against the Buddha's teaching. We would rather travel to and fro among bladed wheels and be stabbed by the knives so that both the flesh and bones are all pierced through and we would still not go against the Buddha's teaching. Even if our bodies were tightly wrapped with iron netting and the pain was unbearable, after hundreds of thousands of kalpas, we would still not go against the Buddha's teaching. We would rather have our bodies minced to assault by knives. With the skin, flesh, veins, and bones all mixed up and indistinguishable throughout hundreds of thousands of kalpas, we would never go against the Buddha's teaching. Venerable Ananda arose calmly from his seat. He asked the Buddha respectfully, World honored one, what is the name of this sutra? Please tell us so that we can abide, uphold, and practice it accordingly. The Buddha told the assembly, This sutra is known as the Buddha's teaching on the difficulty in repaying the deep kindness of parents. May all of you abide by the teaching, uphold it, and practice it accordingly. At that time, after listening to the Buddha's exposition, Ananda and all the disciples, the heavenly dragons, the Eightfold Division, and others were very joyful as they clearly understood the practice. Everyone resolved to abide by the Buddha's teaching forever. They would always uphold the practice of filial piety as their duty. After that, they made obedience to the Buddha and then withdrew.当佛陀在舍卫国祇树几孤独园与大比丘两千五百人及大菩萨三万八千在一起时有一天佛陀引领着弟子们向南直行而来忽然发现路边有一堆枯骨身为世尊的佛陀立刻俯身五体投地的向着这堆枯骨恭恭敬敬的礼拜世尊的这番举动使得众弟子都狐疑不解为何世尊要如此做呢阿难尊者就何时作礼请问世尊
。世尊啊，您是三界的大导师，一切众生的慈父，为世人所成福推崇。我们一直都深深的敬爱着您，请您告诉我们，究竟是因为哪一种因缘，什么道理？竟向这堆枯骨礼拜呢？佛陀就以慈悲的口气说：“阿难，你问得很好。你们大家虽然都是我的弟子，而且出家修行也很久了，可是有些事情你们还是不知道的。这一堆枯骨。”可能是我们前世的祖先，或是多生以来的父母，哪有为人子者不拜父母之礼呢？因为这个缘故，所以我恭恭敬敬地向其礼拜。接着又说：“阿难，现在你把这堆枯骨分为两堆。”如果是男人的骨骸，它的颜色较白，分量较重；倘若是女人的骨骼，其颜色较黑，分量也较轻些。阿难尊者又问：“世尊，这我就不懂了。男女在世，衣着各有不同。”男人头戴风帽，身着长衫，又束着腰带，穿着长鞋，衣饰整齐，一看就知道是男子汉。女人在世喜爱涂脂粉，在身上洒香水，这身打扮可以看出是女人身。但是，不论男女，死后都成了枯骨，没有什么差别。又如何分辨呢？佛陀以沉重的口吻告诉阿难：“要是男人的话，在世的时候经常出入佛寺，听人讲解佛经戒律，恭敬礼拜佛法僧三宝，又勤念佛号，以这种善缘，死了以后。”其骨骸洁白如玉，且分量甚重。若是女人在世的时候沉溺于情爱，不知听经礼佛，以生儿育女为执事，而养育小孩都以奶水来补养，奶乳是由他们的血所变成，养一个小孩就要吮食八担以上的奶水，母体怎么不消瘦憔悴呢？因此，女人死后，其骨骸颜色较黑，而分量上也轻得多了。阿难尊者听了佛陀的话，内心痛苦如刀割，忍不住落泪。悲伤隐泣地说：“世尊呐、啊，慈母的恩德，应当如何报答才是啊？”佛陀对阿难说：“你们且静静地听我说吧。母亲
有了身孕要经过十个月，可以说倍常辛苦。怀胎头一个月，小生命犹如草上露珠，朝不保夕，摇摇欲坠。清晨所凝聚的，午后可能就会消失无踪。第二个月，就像凝结的酥油一般。三个月时。仿佛是一团凝结的大血块。到了第四个月，胎儿才稍稍有了人的形状。母亲怀胎五个月时，胎儿主要的器官——头、两手及两足，也已成型了。六个月时，母腹里的胎儿六种精气也动开了。这六经就是眼、耳、鼻、口、舌、翼。七个月的胎儿就长了三百六十片的骨节，还生出八万四千个毛孔。八个月的时刻，胎儿的头脑已尽成熟，有意识、有灵性了。人身上的九个孔道：双目、两耳、两鼻孔、嘴、肛门及尿道等也都开了。胎儿九个月时，在母体内双手双足是经常乱踢乱捶，又如须弥山洞，使得母亲寝食难安。胎儿。自受胎以后，直到咕咕坠地，期间吸食母血，转变为胎儿的营养，而得生存。到了第十个月，胎儿各部器官都已逐一完成，胎儿随时准备出生。经过十月怀胎，母亲也受足了苦楚。为了使孩儿生产顺利，母体血流成河，使胎儿能够顺血河而下。若遇安产时，孩儿卷手卷腿，非常顺利的产下，少有伤及母体，减少母亲不少的痛苦。若是难产的话，小手小脚乱踢乱抓。使母亲感到痛苦不堪，如千刀揽割，如万箭穿心，死去活来，惨不忍睹。为人子女，莫忘母亲生你育你所受的苦楚，否则，真是禽兽不如。经过重重的痛苦，慈母才深得爱儿。若进一步来分析，慈母至少有十大深恩。第一是母亲怀着胎儿，百般顾爱保护的恩德；第二是母亲分娩时受尽极大苦楚的恩德；第三是虽然为子受尽折磨。继产的爱儿，却忘了为子所受的一切忧苦的恩德。第四是为补食爱儿，尽以美味喂儿的恩德
第五是为使幼儿安睡，宁可自己受潮受冻的深恩。第六是以乳哺儿，而肥母受的深恩。第七是为儿洗涤不尽，不惜玉手污染，不怕皮肉冻裂的深恩。第八是儿有远行，母依驴遥望。流泪想念的神恩。第九是，愿待而受苦，无限体恤爱怜的神恩。第十是，慈母爱儿，怜儿之心，永无休止的神恩。以下佛陀逐条赞颂亲恩的伟大。第一。颂扬怀胎守护的恩德。人生难得，经过了轮回数劫，才得人生。同时，又与此生的父母有缘，得以借着母胎托生到人间来。五个月左右，胎儿在母腹中渐渐生出五脏六腑。六个月前段，六经、眼、耳、鼻、口、舌、意的窍门也都开了。胎儿的重量天天增加，母亲觉得有山岳般的沉重。胎儿在母腹中乱踢乱动，使慈母。觉得如同地震风灾，心惊胆战，心上一直惦念腹中的胎儿，加上身心的疲乏，也懒得打扮自己，漂亮的衣服收起来了，也很少对镜梳妆。第二，颂扬临产受苦的深恩。经过十个月怀胎日满月足，即将分娩，产前几天，母亲像是得了重病，四肢乏力，每天昏昏沉沉的，尤其心里更是充满了恐惧、焦急，难以描述。为了担心孩儿的平安。经常泪流满襟，以悲愁的语调告诉亲友：“我最怕的，并不是自身的安危，而是担心无情的死神夺走了我宝贝儿子的小生命。”第三，颂扬生子忘忧的恩惠。母亲生产时，由于用力的缘故。五脏六腑像被撕裂一般痛苦挣扎，昏过去好几回，为子女所流的血就如窄阳，泉涌而出。经过这场大难不死的母亲，苏醒过来第一件事就是垂寻自己的爱子，知道爱儿却已平安无事。内心欢喜若狂，抱在怀里，脸上露出欣慰的笑容。一阵欢喜过后
，男人的痛楚又如排山倒海般的涌来。刚才全然为得子而忘了伤疼，现在又得忍受肉体上痛彻心肠的苦楚。第四，颂扬父母咽苦吐甘的恩惠。父母对子女的恩惠比海深。对子女的照顾与爱护，不分昼夜，也不曾皱一下眉头。父母对子女的爱重情深，却是无法形容。只要子女能得温饱，自己挨饿受冻，也心甘情愿。只要儿女欢喜快乐，父母就感到安慰。第五，颂扬慈母回甘救师的恩德。慈母爱儿无微不至，夜晚孩儿尿床、弄湿被褥，赶快把孩子移到干燥的地方，自己睡在又湿又冷的地方，丝毫没有怨言。只要孩儿睡得好，自己受冷受冻，并不介意。母亲的双乳是孩儿的圣殿，带给孩儿温暖与健康；母亲的两袖更为孩儿遮挡了风寒。父母为照顾幼儿，吃没吃好，睡没睡好，总是设法博取孩儿的欢心。只要儿女睡得安稳，快快长大。母亲也就心满意足，别无所求了。第六，颂扬哺乳养育的深恩。慈母的恩德如大地持在，滋生万物；严父的恩德如天之覆盖广披，滋润众生。父母爱子之心都一样。父母的深恩一皆相同，只要你是父母的儿女，无论长得多丑，他们永远不会嫌你丑，更不会怒目相对；就是你的手脚蜷曲不灵，他们也不会厌恶你，相反的，更加爱怜照顾你。就因为你是父母的心肝宝贝儿子。父母的真情何其感人，父母的恩情何其伟大呀！第七，颂扬洗濯不尽的亲恩。母亲原是金枝玉叶之身，芙蓉花般的美貌，精神健忘而丰盛，眉如柳丝一般的心绿，红润的脸色。显出了青春焕发的姿色。可是，曾几何时，为子女操劳过度、如花似玉的美貌变得苍老不堪，一双玉手也为儿女细琢过多的不尽变得粗糙，伤痕斑斑、可怜又可敬的慈母心。为儿女无条件地牺牲了自己宝贵青春，却换得一脸的憔悴倦容。
。第八，颂扬远行意念的深恩。亲人死别，使人悲伤难忍，痛断肝肠。就是爱子远去他乡，也会使慈母哀伤不已。子女远离故乡，山川阻隔，父母早晚悬念，祈祷神佛保佑，早日平安回到身旁。有的儿女离家，一去数年无音讯，年老父母在家日夜盼望，以泪洗面，有如临终老猿失去了爱子。哀泣啼嚎，肝肠寸断，叫人为之心酸。第九，颂扬父母体恤子女的深恩。父母恩情深重，为人子女实难报答于万亿，真是水眼寸草心，报得三春晖。儿女受苦受劳时，慈母日夜祈祷，愿以身替代，希望为子女受苦受罪。母爱何其伟大！儿女出门在外，慈母心常相随，怜儿受寒受冻，怕儿受苦受累。倘若知道儿女受了一丝一毫的痛苦，慈母就夜不成眠，心酸不已。第十，颂扬父母究竟怜子的深恩。父母的慈爱，犹如日月的光辉，日月永恒普照大地，亲心永远系念儿女。亲恩深重，亲心更是无时获止。起居行止，心常惦念，不论家居外出，更是心随左右。即使百岁爹娘，亦常为八十岁的儿女付出爱心。要说父母的恩德慈爱有时尽，除非生死异路隔断。佛陀说完父母十大恩德，接着告诉阿难及众人：“我看芸芸众生，虽然有的先天禀赋不错，可是有些人心性无知蒙蔽，从来不想父母对我们有多大恩惠慈德，对父母不知恭敬孝顺。”忤逆不孝，忘恩负义，真叫人痛心。你们都知道，母亲十月怀胎，腹中如负重物，坐立都不得安稳，吃不下，睡不着，如久病缠身，无精打采。怀孕期满，即将生产。还要受百般疼痛，血流遍地，死去活来，经过无数的折磨，才产下孩儿。慈母又担心孩儿是否平安无事。
听说孩儿安然产下，慈母这才心安。小孩生下来，慈母怀抱不离，喂儿哺乳，手酸脚麻，也都欣喜，还要辛苦的喂儿洗涤不净的衣物。孩儿尿床了，母睡湿处，却让儿女睡干净的地方，没有丝毫怨言。三年怀抱中，儿女喝的是母乳母血，只把母亲都累瘦了。从咕咕坠地的婴儿，以至童年、少年、青年，父母不知花了多少心血来教育子女明礼义、修德性。儿女长大成人，父母又辛苦地为子女准备嫁娶，筹集资金供儿女经营事业，使儿女能早日成家立业。父母对子女的爱护提携，真是倍极辛劳，但从不在儿女面前提到“恩惠”两个字，更不期望儿女的报答。儿女一旦有病，父母更是忧心如焚，经常由于爱子心切而急出病来。只有等待子女恢复健康，母亲忧心成疾的病才会慢慢痊愈。经历百般辛劳养育，但愿早日长大成人。有些儿女一旦长大，不知孝顺双亲，奉养父母，父母教诲不加理会，或出言顶撞，甚至怒目相视如仇家，在族内欺凌长上，打骂同胞兄弟，不顾亲情礼义，真叫人痛心疾首。虽然曾上学读书。但不遵从师长的训诲与父母兄弟的劝诫，不仅不听，且家福逆，出入家门不知禀告父母，言行举止傲慢无礼，所作所为擅自主张，不把父母放在心上。即使父母薄疏，偶然加以教训指责。但是，由于长辈的怜悯，儿孙年幼无知，也都轻轻放过。可是，到了后来，性情越变越暴力残忍，不但不听劝导，反而生出仇恨心理，最后离开亲戚好友，结交的都是坏人损友，日久成性。颠倒是非，危害自身，愚不可及。一旦被恶人坏友所引诱，就舍弃了父母家庭，离乡背井，流落他乡，或者在外经商谋生，做各种事情，岁月蹉跎，年岁老大，有的。就在外结婚成家。
甚至老死也不回家，从没想到这个身体从何处来。有些更加不幸，流浪异乡，加上交上恶人损友，自己又不小心谨慎，于是被人用计陷害，或与人同流合污，胡作非为。终被牵连，横祸飞来，锒铛入狱，或判重刑，老死狱中；或遭病魔灾厄缠身，弄得贫病交迫，狼狈不堪，受人轻视，乏人照料，病入膏肓，弃尸街头，形骸腐烂，日晒雨淋，白骨枯零。鬼魂流落他乡，从此与亲人家族永别，更是有负父母深恩，不孝儿女一死百了。殊不知严父慈母自爱子离家之后，日思夜想，时刻忧心，望眼欲穿，忧心如焚，肝肠痛断。因为私子流泪过多，眼睛都哭瞎了。悲泣过度又得了气喘病，有的父母更由于怀念儿女，无心经营生意，以致家道日衰，乃至暴病，含恨而终。即使生死为鬼魂。也念念不忘爱子，不忍割舍亲子之爱，真是人性挚爱的流露。有的子女不仅不勤于学业，且经常与不良朋友为伍，追逐异端邪说，做出败坏风俗的行为，十足一副无赖汉的嘴脸，好勇斗狠。欺压善良，鸡鸣狗盗，酗酒赌博，为非作歹，作奸犯科于乡里，使同胞兄弟受连累，更使父母悲痛心乱，不知如何是好。清早出外游荡，直到深更半夜才回家，从来不向父母请安，嘘寒问暖。使父母感到空虚无比，没人照料扶持。父母年岁渐高，形容憔悴，身体衰败，还要受到不孝子女的连累，受到外人的讥笑与凌辱。为人子女，于心何忍？有的子女。只有官父或寡母，理应格外孝顺才是。但事实上却不然，把父母冷落一旁，任由他挨饿受冻，不闻不问，使得父母暗自悲伤隐泣，自怨自叹，何其不幸！为人子女。理当善尽奉养父母的责任，不孝儿女却不当一回事，使得父母含羞受辱
，在人前抬不起头来，怕被人取笑。常见有的儿子为了供养妻儿的生活，不辞辛劳，努力工作以博取妻子的欢心，却把父母冷落一旁，视同外人。妻小的话。言听计从，百依百顺，父母的教诲却充耳不闻，或出口顶撞，全无敬上之心，真叫父母伤透了心。有的女儿在未出嫁之时，还懂得孝顺父母，一旦嫁人之后，却变得不孝起来，父母稍微说她几句。内心就生出怨恨、嫌恶的心理，受到丈夫的怒骂、毒打，都甘心默默承受。对丈夫家的人情谊深厚，对家属子女也极其爱重，但是对于骨肉至亲的父母却日渐疏远，真叫父母痛心。还有些不孝的女儿。随着丈夫到外地居住，离开了故乡的爹娘，一些也不思慕父母，好像和父母断绝似的，一封家书也不寄，使得父母日夜盼望，牵肠挂肚，寝食不安，就如被倒悬般的难受。父母思念子女之情，永无休止。父母对于子女的深恩大德，真是浩瀚无际，永无止境，非笔墨所能形容。儿女若是不孝，其罪愆即使向神明忏悔，恐怕也难以洗脱掉的。佛陀说完父母的深重恩德，众善之时。个个感到悲痛、哀伤不已，有的五体投地的向空跪拜，有的捶胸自责。由于过度悲伤，全身毛孔都流出了鲜血，一时气闷昏死过去了。不久，众人都苏醒过来，齐声高呼着：“呃，多痛苦啊！”父母为了子女也太痛苦了，多叫人悲痛哀伤啊！不孝儿女也太使父母伤心呐、啊。我们现在回想起来，以往真是大罪人。那时候就如黑夜游神，东飘西荡，过着醉生梦死的日子，从来也没有想到自己的罪愆有多深呢。现在聆听佛陀的教示，如大梦初醒，深深后悔以往的过错，想到自己不孝不仁之志，真是肝肠俱碎，五脏如焚呐、啊！愿请慈悲的世尊怜悯我们的无知，给我们有个补救赎罪的机会，告诉大家用什么方法才能报答父母的深恩呢？佛陀便以八种妙法小谕众弟子：“你们既然知道父母恩德深重，现在我且为你们说明
：假如有个人，左肩挑着父亲，右肩担着母亲，绕着须弥山而行，担子将皮肉磨破，又穿透了骨髓，也不叫苦，鲜血流下来，淹没了足踝。如此经过百千万劫，仍然报答不了父母的深恩。假使有个人生在饥荒的年代，为了不使父母挨饿，割下身上所有的肉，切成肉屑，供父母充饥，虽然有如此孝心，经百千万劫。还是难以报答父母的恩德。倘若有个人为了祈求父母的平安长寿，将自己的双眼挖出来献给佛，这样经过百千万劫，还是不能报答父母的深恩与万一。假若有个人为了自己的父母亲，用利刃。将自己的心挖出来，以致血流遍地，仍不怕一切的痛苦。这样历经了百千万劫，还是不能报答父母的深恩。要是有个人为了父母亲，忍受千百只的刀戟利刃，同时刺在自己的身上，直插横穿，经百千万劫。仍然无法报答父母的深恩。假使有个人为了祈求父母的平安长寿，以自己的身体来点燃佛前灯，如此供养如来，经过百千万劫，还是不能报答父母的深恩。如果有人为了报答父母的辛劳，赴汤蹈火，断骨出髓，虽经无数万劫，仍然报答不了父母的深恩。假使有个人为了善尽自责，代替父母吞下火热的铁丸，全身被制铁烫伤，焦烂不堪，如此经过了百千万劫。还是不能报答父母的深恩与万业。这时，大家聆听了佛陀开示的种种父母深恩，个个悲伤落泪，心如刀割般的难受，又想不出如何报答父母深恩的方法，真是羞愧不已。于是，齐身向佛陀叩问。世尊呐、啊，现在我们深知自己是不幸的罪人，但是不知道如何做才能报答父母的深恩呢？佛陀见大众皆有愧意，即欢喜地告诉大家：如果想到报答父母的恩德，至少应该为父母做下列六件事：一。写这部经，二读这部经，三忏悔一切罪过，四虔诚供养三宝，五
必须受持斋戒。六，多布施、勤修善法、广持福本，这六件事都能办到，就是孝子；否则的话，就是地狱中的众生。佛陀接着又向阿难尊者等说道：“不孝父母的人，命中死后。”必然要堕落到阿鼻大地狱去。这一地狱纵横有八万游旬，四周都是铁的城墙，周围设有罗网，使囚犯无法逃脱。地面都是铁板，有烈火燃烧着，到处雷光电火。又有铜流铁浆浇灌在罪人的身上，还有口吐烈火的铜狗铁蛇追噬着犯人，一个个被烧的肌肤焦烂，苦不堪言。空中更有数不尽的挂钩、枪铳，满地又是铁制的斧锤、长矛、刀山、剑术等种种的刑具。随时都会对准囚犯砍杀下来，地狱罪犯受此百般的苦楚，永无休止，也不知要经过多少的劫数呢。即使在这里受过了刑罚，又要打入其他的地狱去，头上带着炽热的火盆，还要受铁车压身的折磨。铁车来回碾过，长度都碎裂了，骨头断折了，皮肉全烂掉了。一日之间要忍受千生万死的痛苦，真是惨不忍睹。这些地狱的罪囚，都是生前犯了忤逆不孝的重罪，才要受如此的折磨。百般的苦楚。这时，大家听完佛陀的开示，都深为惭愧，悲伤流泪的向佛陀祈问：“我们大家如何做才能报答父母的深恩呢？”佛陀回答：“要想报答父母的恩德，最好的方法。”莫过于编印此经，使此经广为流通。能捐印一册，就有见到一尊佛的功德；如果捐印十册，就能见到十尊佛。以此类推，印百册、千册、万册，就能见到百尊、千尊、万尊的佛陀。凡是捐印此书启发众生的人，诸佛必然常常垂护在他的身旁，并且以佛力使其父母及本人得生天上，享受天人的乐趣，而不至堕落到地狱受苦。阿难尊者及众人，包括天龙八部与转轮圣王等。谛听了佛陀的教化，悲不自禁，愧恨不已，全身的毛发都竖了起来。大家同以愧疚的心情向佛陀真心忏悔，发誓道。
，从现在起一直到无尽的未来，就是经过千万劫年，我们大家即使粉身碎骨成了尘埃，也一定坚守如来的神圣教诲，不敢稍有违背。我们宁愿被立沟拔出舌头长达游旬，再由铁犁从上面耕碾过去，使得鲜血汇流成河。如此经过千百劫的时间，也使之不违背佛陀的教诲。宁愿在千百利刃做成的刀轮中进出，手尖刀利刃的刺骨过深，也不违背佛陀的教化。即使被铁网紧紧地裹住全身，痛苦难忍，虽经千百万劫，也不愿违背如来的教诲，宁愿让刀冲等刑具把身体捣成肉酱，即使皮肉筋骨难以辨认，经过数千百劫，也永远不违背佛陀的教诲。而后。阿难尊者安详地从座位中起立，恭敬地向佛陀请示：“世尊啊，此经应当如何称呼，以便我等遵守奉持呢？”佛陀就告诉众人说：“这部经叫做《父母恩重难报经》，大家要好好的遵守奉行吧。”这时，阿难及众弟子与天龙八部等，恭听了佛陀的开示，茅塞顿开，心生欢喜。个人下定决心，永生永世谨遵佛陀的教诲，以行孝、尽孝为执事。而后，众人向佛陀顶礼，膜拜告退。